Welcome to the Tea Migos podcast, the show where we talk life while enjoying tea. Today, I talked with the co-founders of Tiesta Tea, Dan and Patrick. Tiesta Tea is a fun and vibrant loose leaf tea company based out of Chicago, Illinois. We discussed the Tiesta Tea journey, many of the delicious products, the importance of loose leaf versus bag teas, and a lot more. Dan and Patrick even let us in on some cool new insider info in the months to come. Check out their website in the show notes below and enjoy. Dan and Patrick, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Doing fantastic. As good as you can be when you got a cup of tea and good two good tea migos around. Can't be much better. Amen. Doing great. Doing great. Trying to survive a nice cold winter. Yeah, right. I know it's been uh, you guys are in Chicago right now, so it's been nice and nice and negative for us us in the Midwest here. And you know, nothing better to warm you up than a nice cup of tea and enjoy the and that's that's how I get through my winters at least. So Absolutely. We don't we don't mind when it snows, you know, frankly speaking, because we know that's when the kettles start brewing, the cup pouring. <laughs> The conversations start happening. So, you know, we never mind when it snows a little bit. I love it. I love it. Well, cool. So as I, uh, as we always start, we always start with talking about uh, the tea that we're drinking today. So I think we all actually have a, a little bit different, but so I'm drinking the Tiesta tea, lemon, ginger, turmeric. Uh, Patrick, what do you got there? I've got our Earl Grey de la Creme. I'm looking for a little bit of caffeine before I, before I hit the evening. So nice. a little blood tea to boost me up, our energizer tea. So you're you're one of those types of guys who you can have caffeine in the afternoon. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I with with you, you you we got a relaxer for night. So I'll take a little caffeine now and then <laughs> I'll drink my lavender chamomile before bed and I'll be good to go. But I mean, it's one of those things where I I, I got some extra stuff to do tonight, so I know that I'm gonna have to stay a little caffeinated. And usually I drink a green tea about right now. Okay. Because I got to do a little extra more tonight. I'm rocking the black. Yeah. 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 I get that. And Dan, you, you were just telling me before the show, before we started recording that you're, uh, you're stuck in a, in a hotel quarantined. So what's, uh, what do you have in your cup? Yeah. So I got myself some lean green machine. Uh, one of, yeah, one of our favorites. Uh, it's a great, great tea. One of my personal favorites, nice and lemony, uh, Green tea, I feel like it's good this time of day. Just, just like Patrick was saying, just uh, it's like just the right amount of caffeine to keep yeah. It going. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So wait, actually, let's let's dive into these teas. So talking about the lean green machine. So what do what do we have in that? Yeah. So I mean, it's basically a green tea with uh, lemongrass uh, and bergamot oil. Those are kind of the main three ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the best part of it is it's it's lemony. And then the bergamot oil, what it does is it adds, uh, cause bergamot is actually part of the citrus family, which a lot of people don't know. So, um, you know, when you have a tea with lemon and you add a little bit of bergamot, uh, bergamot is very common in Earl Grey's, but it actually tastes really, really great when you add just a little bit, um, you know, to a citrus tea, especially a citrus green tea. So it's a tea we've had since, uh, basically since we started, yeah. 
And uh, it's kind of a mainstay for us. It was an OG farmer's market tea, lean green machine. We used to brew oh. it in, uh, I don't know, probably like nine gallons at a time and go to the farmer's market in Champaign-Urbana in the Amazing. dying 100 degree heat when we were 21 years old and we would just start selling cups of lean green machine for two dollars a cup that's amazing is that kind of how you guys i mean i want to i kind of actually let's hold off on that question first because i want to i want to keep diving into this tea and i think it's interesting about like the bergamot because personally i've never had bergamot really outside of earl gray um like you were saying it's it's got that citrus it's the way I compare it to people who don't know what bergamot is. It's a, it's like an orange kind of flavor. Um, and so I think that's a, that's cool that you guys are u- utilizing that within the, the lean green machine. Um, kind of what, what sparked that interest in, or the idea of taking it from, like, a, like I said, typically an Earl gray to utilizing it in a green tea. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. We were playing around with, uh, you know, we, we wanted to develop a good citrus green tea. And I'll never forget it. We were we were working on the uh, the flavor profile. And and at the time, I didn't, I didn't really know a whole lot about bergamot. And uh, the uh, scientists in the lab that we were working with, um, we do a lot of our R&D in Germany. And so uh, we spend all day, you know, working on these teas. And and so we're playing around with these citrus green teas and she's like, you know, let's do something fun. She's like, uh, I want to take the flavoring, just the flavoring itself. And I want you guys to try each flavoring and tell me which citrus it is, right? Okay. Whether it's orange, lemon, grapefruit, or bergamot. And the interesting thing is they actually all taste very similar. Like when they're, when they're in a very concentrated um, kind of, concentrated flavor they taste similar um but there are those distinct differences and so i think one of the reasons why we 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 kept it in and continue to have that bergamot in this particular tea lean green machine is because it is unique it's something that's different um you know there's there's lots of lemon green teas out there it's a super popular flavor mm-hmm. profile um but i think bergamot kicks it up a little bit um where you can really taste the bergamot and it's stronger than lemon and stronger than orange and to some respect, even stronger than a grapefruit. So um, it's just really a great flavor to have. And, and if I may add the bergamot sits really well over ice, it really oh, adds yeah. dilution. So when you add the bergamot with the green tea, you're not getting a diluted cup of iced tea. You're still getting some real deep flavor from the green tea and the citrus from the bergamot. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, that sounds, I love doing, brewing a citrus tea and making it cold like making it over ice i mean so that's 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 smart to think about it like that because i'm it's not something like i said i personally haven't had a tea with bergamot that's not earl gray so kudos to you guys for for thinking outside the box and and doing that that's awesome and then you were talking patrick that you you're drinking an earl or another earl gray actually right uh, yeah, the, the actually, Earl Grey de la Creme. De la Creme. So what's it's, what's uh, yeah, what's up with that one? It's really it's a, a more of a traditional tea. Um, during the winter, I like to stay more on the traditional side, less fruity. You know, I, generally, like I said, around this time, I'd have a green tea like fruity pebbles, uh, or maybe even something like what you're drinking—a lemon ginger turmeric—just to get me ready for the night. But this tea right here, it's got 80 milligrams of caffeine. 
it tastes good on its own, right? It's got the natural, it's got the natural vanilla flavor, so I can drink it. I don't need to add sugar. Sometimes every once in a while I'll make it a latte, but I've already made a latte today, so I was just going for I wanted something plain. Yeah. And so this gives you really nice flavor and it, it gives you the caffeine you need, tastes great. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of why I went with it. Nice. Yeah. And I love, I think there's something really cool that you guys do that I I really appreciate is how you divide up and you kind of alluded to this um, before you divvy up your flavor profiles and your, your types of teas, I should say, by like energizer, immunity, um, relaxer, uh, eternal uh, was it, uh, eternity right eternity. Is, is, is those yep. four or am i missing one relaxer immunity eternity and slenderizer slenderizer that's that's it so, so yeah no exactly what sparked those you know dan and i when, when we started the business we weren't like huge into tea but we wanted we just wanted tea that was good for us you know we wanted to know what the tea was going to do for your body and what it was going to taste like. And so most people are familiar that tea is good for you, but they don't not the common consumer doesn't know exactly what type of tea is going to do what for you. Mm. So that's why we categorize all our black teas as energizers. Anything with black tea or mate goes in the energizer category because it's got caffeine, a good amount of caffeine. Yeah. Anything that's got green tea or oolong, we put in the slenderizer category because as many people know, Green tea can increases your metabolism by about 20% and it produces fiber in your cup and the fiber actually curbs your appetite. And then for the immunity teas, those are going to be teas like the one you're drinking, lemon, ginger, turmeric, which is great for your immune system. Mm-hmm. Maui mango that has citrus fruits, oranges, mangoes, pineapples, um, teas like that. And then in the eternity line, that's where you're going to have your antioxidant teas. So any white teas that are highly packed in antioxidants and also yeah. the pomegranates, the blueberries of the world. Then last but not least, relaxer, which is your chamomiles, your cinnamon, uh, your lavender, those ingredients that naturally help you relax. And so that's why we put those into the categories to help the consumer better understand what the tea is actually going to do for them. Yeah, I think that's so important that you do kind of help a consumer like that because when you get in, when you're new to the tea world, it's such a, I mean, people think of tea, I think the common thought is, is black and green tea. You kind of think like, oh, those are my two options. And then you actually dive in and you see, wow, that's not even, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. That's like the tippy top of the iceberg. And so then it gets overwhelming. And so to break it into something simple like that, and because, because I mean, and that's like a perfect kind of start to the tea world because I, I think, like, as you guys can agree, you can even go deep, like, much deeper into teas than that. So I guess let's let's talk about like just Tiesta as a whole. You kind of alluded that you guys maybe I don't know if it was the start was the was the farmers market, but let's start with uh, with I guess you two, your guys's relationship. So. So we got Patrick and Dan here, former alum or alumni of uh, University of Illinois, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I guess just take me through the story of of the Tiesta Tea journey. Oh man, it was a it was an incredible 
experience. Uh, we were we were both fortunate enough when we were in college to study abroad, and so we um, we both spent time in Europe for a semester. Patrick was in Paris. I was in uh, Milan in Italy, and. So because we had been best friends for so long and we were studying abroad at the same time, it was kind of only natural for us to uh, to take a trip somewhere. So we uh, we met up in Prague in the Czech Republic, got a cheap flight, uh, took a weekend, long weekend out there. And, you know, it's interesting. You walk around these European cities and there's you're just walking all mm-hmm. day long, you know, just from one thing to another, you know, just kind of being a normal tourist. But what you forget about is you get tired at a certain yeah. point. So you have to you get to chill a little bit. And uh, one of the things that we had no idea about, but we now know a lot about, is that Prague actually um, is is kind of a tea hub mm. in terms of tea houses. So they have tea houses, just like you would see at Starbucks in the United States or Dunkin' Donuts. They have tea houses on every corner, and it's not like a chain. You know, there a lot of them are independents, okay. and. Um, and basically each of them, you know, they have their own loose leaf tea menu um, and you could sit inside or outside and get a cup of tea. They're very like uh, gothic looking, like they almost look like they could be churches on cool. the inside. It's really, really yeah. fascinating. Very, very cool experience. And so it's dark in there and it's nice and, and relaxing. You just kind of chill and nice chairs and, and, and drink a couple pots of tea. And so, uh, they brought us two teas. We didn't really know what to order, but they brought us two teas. Uh, one was a tea that's it's actually a pretty famous blend called Granny's Garden. We don't, we don't sell it anymore uh, under our name, but we have teas that are very similar to it. Um, and then there there was a tea called uh, Chinese Gunpowder, which is actually a tea that yep. we do sell. And they're both very different teas. So Chinese Gunpowder is a straight tea, and then you have... Uh, the Granny's Garden, which is basically a mixture of different fruits and hibiscus, and and sometimes rooibos also. And is that an, is that we a herbal tea? Yeah, okay. that one's an herbal cool. tea. Sorry, yep. Keep going. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so I mean that that for us was um, kind of a mind blowing experience because we found ourselves wondering like why doesn't tea taste like this in the U.S. Like we had never had a cup of tea that had so much flavor as those cups of tea and we were totally rejuvenated. So we had the caffeine from the gunpowder and then, you know, a nice fruity tea with the granny's garden. And it's like, and we would do this consistently like multiple times a day. So we spent about four days there, came back and we started talking about the idea while we were still studying abroad. And I'm sure we annoyed everyone that we traveled with or or talked to during that (laughs) six month period uh, about the business idea. But, Honestly, I, we, we saw an opportunity. Uh, we saw an opportunity to bring a good, healthy beverage to the U.S. And, and so when we came back to the U.S. Uh, that summer, started doing some research, um, did some research at the university, started talking to professors, and we were talking to a friend of ours. Shout um, out, Billy. That we are, shout out to Billy, shout out. who we got to spend some, some, some time with this weekend. Um, so Billy says, you know, if you guys are really serious about this tea thing, I have the perfect contact for you. And I'm like, what do you, you know, <laughs> who are you? What do you doesn't know? strike me. Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> about? And, uh, and he goes, he goes, no, I'm dead serious. He's like my first cousin and I'm really close with him is the founder and the president of the world tea expo, which is the largest Whoa. tea exposition yeah. in North America. And so, you know, he's like, 
would you want to talk to him? We're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so we get on the phone with, with George from the World Tea Expo. And he's like, you know, we kind of pitched him our concept. We're like, listen, we went out to Europe. We saw these teas and we were just fascinated and we're not seeing it here in the U.S. So, you know, and we want to bring a different spin to it. We want to be a little bit more millennial focused. Okay. We want to simplify the tea experience a little bit, but still keep that high quality. Yep. And he's like, there's a huge market for it. He's like, I would go for it. And he he thought we would be really successful. It, so, Dan, one uh, of the things I'll never forget you told you said when, when you were doing the research on it, you got so excited one night, you called me. You're like, I just went to the grocery store and I was sitting there looking at a tea and I talked to some guy and the guy I was talking to was like, this is so confusing. I don't know what to buy. And that was when it really hit us that tea was just, it was a confusing category. It, it, it really you know? is. You get into those, I mean, I, we've all been to the grocery store. We all enter that tea aisle and I've even caught myself and like sometimes I go and I know what I'm looking for and I'm looking and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like there is just so much happening here. And it, and if you don't know what you're there for and you're just like interested in starting your tea journey, I mean, it, good luck basically. So I, I, I sympathize with that man <laughs> that you met. Yeah. 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 It, it was, it was huge. And then right. So right after that, um, we, uh, there was, we saw some flyers on campus for uh, sort of like an incubator, which, I mean, at the, at the time, incubators were still a pretty new thing, but um, the university was starting an incubator and you would apply, you had to do a video, um, huge application, but it was free to apply. Oh, and so what, by incubator, what exactly do you mean? So an incubator, you know, similar to, you know, what you think of when you're in preschool with the, you know, the baby yeah. chicks, um, an incubator is basically a business incubator is where you can hatch your okay. idea, okay. right? And, and, and so it's, it's a place where you can get, you know, mentorship funding, um, maybe find investors, oh, very cool. uh, things like that, office space. And so it was huge. It was huge for us. And so we applied and we got in and, and, uh, and shortly after that, we started the business. Wow. And so when you say you started the business, I mean, what did that mean? So like you start the business, is that like, did you guys go straight for a storefront? Did it, was it online? Was it starting at farmer's markets, literally brewing in a garage and then going to farmer's markets? Like, so what, what was the, you get that, you get the incubator, you start the business. Now what? I mean, cause like, that's, that's like completely undiscovered it, correct me if i'm wrong maybe you did know what you were doing but i feel like the same story i hear from every entrepreneur is like no idea we just jumped in head first so what so like what was that like i mean we literally jumped in <laughs> head first i mean there's no other way yeah. to describe it we uh we did a class so we did end up going to the world tea expo that summer and we took they had like a two-day class that we took our parents shipped in 500 bucks a piece right. and uh you know, paid for our admission and it was well worth it. And we got a chance to meet, you know, different suppliers in the industry, just learn about tea as a whole. And then once we came back from that, we started the the incubator, the business yeah. incubator. And essentially, you know, we spent that time developing a business plan, a business idea. And the funny thing about that idea is that it's, it, it was nowhere near the idea that we have now. Uh, there was one kind of core idea that, that stuck with us as a brand actually two. One is that 
we felt very strongly about loose leaf tea. Mm. Like we, we knew we wanted to be in the tea world, but loose leaf tea was where we wanted to be because we felt that that was the only way that someone was going to get that yeah. taste that we felt back in prime. Yeah. So that was the first you thing. Actually, I'm going to stop you there. I, w- I want you to kind of dive into that because I think that's such an important thing that people don't understand. And so uh, like the differences between tea bags and that or tea that you find in tea bags versus the loose leaf tea, because that I love that about you guys. I think that is an admirable feat because loose leaf tea is sometimes it turns people off because you need more equipment, quote unquote. Like that's people, people always like are afraid of that. Like when I talk with a new tea lover, um, so kind of like, yeah, dive into that because I, I, I'm passionate about it too, but I'm, I want to. I think people need to hear about that. Dan, you're good at, uh, you're really good at explaining this to how, um, how people in the nineties switched from instant coffee to high quality coffee. So Mm, explain, explain your analogy with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about coffee, uh, in the United States and the, let's call it like, you know, the early days to the 1980s, you know, you think of Folgers, you think of Maxwell House, you think of, you know, kind of a lower quality uh, ground up yeah. coffee, right? Coffee was just kind of a thing that you drank, you know, you put it in a in a Mr. Coffee pot and, and you made coffee. And then in the 90s, Starbucks was really the one to pioneer whole bean coffee. Okay. And, and so, you know, throughout the 90s, people started drinking more and more whole bean coffee. And then, you know, into the 2000s, you saw that that third wave of coffee, like, you know, not just whole bean coffee, but whole bean coffee from, you know, Intelligentsia or Blue Bottle or, you know, all these different high end brands that were really spending a lot of time, not just with the roasting process, but also with the sourcing process. And so I would equate that that same thing is going on with Mm. tea. And it's it's taken some time. But, you know, if you think about Lipton, right, you know, Lipton's kind of your your basic tea, right, your Maxwell House of tea. It has its place and it always will. And then, you know, you have your step up, you know, you'll have, you know, maybe, you know, like a Yogi or a Numi or maybe a premium tea brand like Mighty Leaf that has, you know, nice premium tea bags. Uh, And then really the next step up after that is loose leaf tea. And and loose leaf tea, you know, what we say is it's always going to have better health benefits and you're always going to get better flavor because it allows the leaf to fully unfurl. And and that's really key to get that that full body that you just can't get from a tea bag. And, and it adds in terms of flavor depth. So, and a, a flavor of ours like Maui Mango, mm-hmm. we're using quarter to half inch orange or quarter to eighth inch orange slices. These orange slices inside of them, I wish I had one to sh- to show, but inside of them, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of sweetness. There's a lot of s acidity. There's a lot of flavor. Yeah. A lot of things that are in that ingredient. If you try to take that orange, that quarter inch orange, and slice it through a machine, a lot of the particles on that orange are going to get stuck on the blade. So you can't get the full flavor from the actual orange. Secondly, if you're trying to process it through a, a tea bag machine, a tea bag machine isn't big enough to fit yeah. a quarter inch orange slice. So the only way to get it in there is by by breaking down the pieces a little bit. Mm-hmm. These are in, in, in many cases of our ingredients. We're using whole ingredients, quarter inch, half inch sliced ingredients, so that you can get the full benefit. 
And then when you're brewing it loose, you actually allow it to open, to unfurl, yes. right? Yeah. Explode its flavors. Mm-hmm. That's, That's really what you can do. Yeah. And you can also get creative, Vince, right? Okay. If you want to mix yeah. and match stuff. Like I love adding yerba mate to some of my um, some of our immunity teas that don't have caffeine. Yes. Right. If I want to add if I want to make any of our immunity teas caffeinated, I just add a little bit of yerba mate into the blend, put it in my brewmaster, and I'm good to go. Yep. And that's another cool part about loose tea is you can mix and match the different ratios. Yes. Yeah. I've actually done that with the one that I'm drinking now, this lemon ginger turmeric. First of all, that this flavor is has always been like probably since I started drinking tea back in high school has literally been like my favorite go-to like herbal tea. So I'm like addicted to this stuff and I love that you guys have added. So in here is not only lemon, ginger and turmeric, but you guys have licorice root and something that I had to look up, but, and I don't even know if I'm going to say it right. It's called galangal, galangal. And so I found out that that's actually like a cousin of the ginger root, but it has just a more strong, potent flavor. And is that, is that correct? Is that kind of what drew you to guys to adding that to, to this? That's a hundred, hundred percent correct. It's the, you know, they call it in the the tea world, they call it the three gingers. (laughs) So, you know, it's like the the perfect combo of ginger and they're all in the same family. It just creates a great. then, 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 Then there's pepper. Yes. Yeah. And of course, in the black pepper, which I mean, is important if you're going to be consuming turmeric, that's important for the health benefits because uh, that that allows that uh, the end or breaks down the enzyme that usually consumes the curcumin and allows it to actually the curcumin to um, seep into your bloodstream. So super cool. I mean, but like going back to what you were saying, I loved adding yerba mate to this, like exactly like what you said. I Actually, I think my girlfriend did it first. She just gave it to me. She's like, here, I brewed it some tea. And I'm like, what is this? I'm like, it's not. I'm like, it tastes like the lemon ginger turmeric, but there's something else. And she's like, yeah, I threw in some mate. I'm like, damn, that is good. <laughs> That's really good. He's a keeper, Vince. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> more ways than than one. I mean, she's she's opened up my mind to to the tea world, but that's a that's a whole separate topic. Um, but yeah, I feel like that was a big tangent because Dan, you were talking about um, you were talking about some loose leaf, and I made you dive deep or di- us dive deep into that. And then you had a second point, and I kind of forget where we were going with that. Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. We were right talking now. about. I think we were at the story point where we went to the World Tea Expo and we pitched yes. our idea. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Now, out to our parents, my father, mother, and Dan's and his father and mother. I mean, I had to beg them to get money for books in school, (laughs) and they forked over. It was a seven hundred fifty dollars check to two twenty-one year olds to go attend a tea class. (laughs) Never forget that. My dad looked at me, kind of just like, "What is? What are you talking about?" Right. And of course, our pa- our parents actually came out to Vegas uh, to be with us for a couple of the days, uh, but that was that was definitely an eye opening experience. Going yeah. to the World Tea Expo, learning about tea—I mean, that's really where you go to. If anyone here wants to start a tea business, that's mm-hmm. the place to go to get started. That's that's where you get all the suppliers, the knowledge. That's it. I'm sure they're not doing that right now, just due to COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. 
I know it's unfortunate because I would I would love to go experience that. Actually, this is the first time I'm <laughs> shows me how much how much knowledge I know about tea. This is the first time I'm really hearing about this. So yeah, well, believe it or not, today I heard that the first live show is happening in May. Mm. Uh, the, and I was it really interesting. It's called the Sweets and Snacks Show. Okay. Uh, they're doing it in May in Indianapolis, which is a little less. Um, I guess they're less strict on COVID, but it was the first time in the last, call it 12 months, that I've heard of a live event actually going down in the trade. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very cool. So, and then before we get back into this, uh, the story of um, at the trade show, I got to ask, when you guys first started telling people, like you were starting working with T, and what was like the reaction? Because I'll tell you, like when I tell people like, oh, yeah, I'm very passionate about tea. I love tea. Like some people need me to clarify that I'm talking about the, the beverage. They're like, what, the letter T? Like, do you really love the letter T like that much? I'm like, what? no, like stupid. <laughs> what do you mean? So do you have any like weird experiences like that? Like where people were like just dumbfounded that you liked tea, the beverage? I, I'd say th- thousands. Mm-hmm. Thousands of experiences, yeah. especially especially being a male in the tea <laughs> right? industry. It's, yeah, it's a female-dominated um, industry. It's it's awesome. it, purchasing is 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 dominated by females, but there are a lot of males in the industry. Like when you really get deep okay. into it, and it's, I mean, it's just like anything else, you know. It's teas similar to coffee and similar to other you know different types of foods, and and yeah, people thought we were absolutely yeah. nuts. The, the the story I've um, got is. Our current COO, Alex, shout out to Alex. He's the third amigo. <laughs> when we were at U of I, I was, you know, just super excited because I, I actually left um, Chicago and went to U of I just to start the business. And so I was, you know, hanging out with the, with the college life and telling everybody at the party that just, hey, do you like tea? You know, <laughs> just asking everybody if they like tea. Yeah. And our COO, with Alex, he wasn't our COO at the time. He's like, dude, you need to shut up. <laughs> no one cares about tea. Like, oh, it's so true. <laughs> and unfortunately, like, I could, we could talk, us three, I mean, clearly, I'm starting a podcast about it. <laughs> We're talking about it right now for an hour or two. Oh, man, but so many people don't give a shit about it. <laughs> He's he, and now he's you know he loves loves tea. He knows the tea yeah. inside, upside down. He's he's the man. It's like I think a, a goal of mine is to slowly convert the coffee people over one by one. I've I've already I've already managed like three people. My mom was not a tea drinker. She actually shout out to you guys. I got her because of your relaxer lavender chamomile. She is addicted to that stuff. Every time I go home, I literally have to bring some to her because she's I'm like, just order it yourself. Like, like why do you rely on me for everything? But so like, it's what so I have a question for you. You said yeah. something interesting to me. You said that you've converted a lot of coffee drinkers. What's yeah. your go-to tea to try to convert a coffee drinker? What do you try to tell a coffee drinker when you're trying to con- convince them to drink tea? Yeah, it's a, that's a good question. So it's it's a lot of questioning the purposes of of coffee. So I mean, is it is it taste? Is it the caffeine boost? I try to get their flavor profiles. I try to to dive into where they're at like with this beverage. And so once I kind of learn about that, 
I, I genuinely, I would love to like take some time and I'm like, can I just brew you a cup of tea? And then from there, like Ben, depending on like, if they told me they like fruity, if they like the bitter, like, I mean, typically coffee drinkers like more bitter. Mate is a big one that I've gotten people over mate and matcha. Those are big ones that I've helped or when people are interested in kind of bridging that gap of coffee to tea, those, because they have the high caffeine, but for me, they're very different caffeinated experiences. Um, matcha being a very mild caffeine where or mild caffeine high where you can come up slowly, but you can also come down slowly instead of a spike. Mate, for the first time, if you've never had mate before, the first time you have it is almost like a trip. Like you are on like a new level. Like it's a boost of energy. I had it in Argentina the first time. Whew. Those those days, like all week, I was just pounding mate, and it was oh, I was so good though, and I fell in love with it. Um, but that also kind of has a little bit of a bitter taste to it. So it kind of, if you like that strong coffee taste, it's not nearly the same, but it's similar. If that makes sense. Good. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. That's what I would have said. Mate. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Well, I'm sure you've convinced also, a few people. I think one of the things that I like to do to switch over for a coffee drinker is I like to go after those that enjoy the latte experience. Oh, yeah. This is really um, – they've taught a lot of people what a latte is, and I'm sure that's one of their best-selling items. So if I wanted to convert a coffee drinker and I wanted to make them a cup of tea, I'd go for like a Earl Grey de la Creme latte – um, you know, you put a little French vanilla in there. Yeah. It have the big punch like mate or matcha, or another one would be a chai with a little mm-hmm. mat- with a little um, French vanilla. So that would be my route. But you know, it'd be interesting to actually talk to a coffee drinker and see what they would prefer. Whether it'd yeah. be like, and and you're right though, it all starts with different types of coffee drinkers. Yes, would be my yeah. too. Yeah, well, that's interesting too because I don't. That's something that I don't really explore the realm of when it comes to tea. I don't do lattes. Oh, um, I love just the true authentic flavor of the tea. And so I like just diving deep. I mean, like you said, a, one single tea leaf, like a jazz, a good jasmine tea. Oh, I could sip on that for hours, for days. I mean, I, I'd love jasmine green tea. Um, and so it's like, why, in my opinion, it's like, I think about, it, I'm like, why do I want to add anything to this? Like this already has so much depth to it, so much flavor, like the, just the aroma and just the overall experience. It's like, it's so good. So that's something, but I'm very open. I also, the, the few lattes I have had have been like Starbucks and it's so loaded with sugar that I can't, I can't get past the sugar. And I'm like, Vince, one of the things we're trying to do is bring new people into the category. Right. <laughs> and lattes are a great way to do it. It is. It's it is. That is that is true. Have you ever made a ginger turmeric latte? Chai latte? I have not. I have not. You want to talk about the COVID killer. Right. And, oh yeah. All you do so you break, make the chai, add straight ginger and turmeric powder from your pantry. Okay. And then brew it up, put a little bit of milk in it, and yeah. it's, it's Beautiful. It's like they call it a golden chai. Oh yes, I've heard. I've heard so, before. and some people you can add a little honey or a little sugar, but I'll just make it with straight ginger powder, turmeric powder, and our chai, and it tastes incredible. Mm, but I, feel, I know once people graduate to a certain level of tea, that's when they start appreciating 
the the teas that that we can now appreciate, right? Like when you look at yeah. this, Vince, this has got nothing in it. I'm just drinking a straight black, yeah. right? Yep. And yep. I now I can appreciate a Gaiu Koru or a uh, a Sencha or a, a um, you know a Guangdong Oolong. <laughs> I can, yep. but back then I was so confused. Yes, we use teas like Maui Mango or Fruity Pebbles or Blueberry Wild Child to get new consumers in. Yeah, they understood it. They graduate to teas like the single origin stuff. Yes, yeah, no, it's uh, and it's important. I mean, I think I think tea is becoming such a a big part of people's. I think it is coming more of in a part of the conversation in people's life, and so uh, you guys have done an amazing job at bridging that gap between someone who just doesn't drink tea or doesn't really have like a morning routine and look is looking to do that or is a coffee drinker and looking to do that. Like in that way, I mean, you make it a, you make it fun first off, just like with like your name literally sounds like a fiesta. So Tiesta tea. I mean, so it's, it sounds great. And then yeah, just the colors and everything. It's you guys have done really well with doing that. And that's, Yes. Yeah. I, I applaud that. Um, so back to, <laughs> this has been so many tangents back and forth, but I, I'm, I'm dead set on getting back to this, the, to the origin story. Let's, uh, so Dan, you were talking about the loose leaf tea, about pitching the idea at, at the tea expo, working at the tea expo. So you had, you had another thing to add to that. So, you know, the first part of the idea was really around the loose leaf tea. But the second part of the idea really stemmed from uh, this concept that we wanted to simplify tea for people. And so that's where we came up with our different functions. So we have energizer, slenderizer, immunity, relaxer, and eternity. And we wanted to have different flavors under each. And the whole idea was, how do we make it so that somebody who doesn't know a whole lot about tea can find something that to fit either the part of the day that they're looking to fit or, or what, what they're looking for out of a beverage. And so that's, that's, those are really the two core components of the brand. And we've stuck with both, both of those for the last 10 years and, and we'll continue to, because it's really just that that's the biggest part of what we do. Yeah. And that's so cool. And like I said, I mean, Patrick, you were alluding to it earlier about like what's in each of those blends and and everything. And I think it's such a an important thing for those who are brand new to the tea world. I mean, my mom, again, I, I'll use my mom as an example because she's, you guys have influenced her to become a tea aficionado now. And she loves like, like literally she looks in stores or like online, like she'll like see the Tiesta tea and she'll know just based on color because you guys have the Energizer's red, the Immunity's yellow, the uh, Eternity's blue, Slenderizer green, and the Relaxer's purple, right? I, I nail it. Nailed it. There we go. <laughs> so she knows she loves the Relaxer's that you guys have, so she knows to look for the purple. And like it's just something I think even like that simple is is such a great idea and such an easy way for someone to get excited about tea. It's, I mean, when you, and when you know you're doing something for your body, that's also tastes good. Again, it gets you excited, at least in my opinion, because <laughs> I'm big onto the health benefits of tea. So, and what kind of, I guess, into those five categories, what made you determine those five 
You know, it's interesting. We really tried to see, I mean, we did a lot of research into um, the different types of teas and what they do. Um, you know, so we knew, we knew for sure that it was going to be pretty easy to have an energizer line because that's going to be anything with black and mate tea. Mm-hmm. We also knew slenderizer would make a lot of sense for anything that was a green tea or an oolong tea because it curbs your appetite and, and helps people lose weight. Um, and then, you know, from there we really thought, okay, what are the other things that people drink tea for? Uh, one is very clearly to relax mm-hmm. so that we created the relaxer line. We have tons of flavors under there, uh, that fit that, uh, and then immunity, uh, which is another common reason why people drink tea. And, and there's tons of flavors under there that can give the customer, um, an immunity experience that they're looking for. Yeah. And then last with the eternity, we really, we saw the prevalence of superfruits really starting to come and, and take shape. And so we said, you know, why don't we create one of the, the functions to be around superfruits um, and, and things that, you know, are popular to eat, but, you know, are also becoming popular to drink. So that's how we came up with it. We really wanted five. I mean, we, we got it down to five. There's lots more functions in tea, uh, but those are really the core five that we felt were kind of the most relatable to everybody. Yes. Yeah. Uh, five's a good, five's a nice number too. Yeah. It gives, it gives a nice variety, but not overwhelms someone. And like you guys said, the way that the, that you branch it out, I think is it's, it kind of touches on why, at least I can think of why I go to tea. And I, so I love that. So with all of these blends, I mean, you guys have so many blends. If you go take this is to the listeners. If you if you just go take take a look at their website, you'll just it's amazing. So many cool blends and so many awesome flavors. I guess take me through because I know you guys got this tea lab in your in your Chicago office. You guys are based out of Chicago, Illinois. I love that. Um, and you have this tea lab. So take me through the process of of coming up with these because you guys, like I said, amazing blends. They all are so delicious tasting. Take me through that process. Oh, man. It's a fun one. Um, But really what we try to identify is what are the consumers need right now? Truly. Like I'll use lemon ginger turmeric as an example. Mm -hmm. We created that tea. Uh, We knew that the immune system was something that was important for people, right? With COVID going down, uh, it was something that people were really concerned about. And so we went and we wanted to create this lemon ginger turmeric that, that, that tasted incredible. And so, and that also was a little different. Uh, and so what we did was we, we go to the lab, we start with a base and we'll try 20 to 30 different varieties, maybe even 50 to 70 of one tea until we get it to the flavor profile we want. Yeah. Right. And, and you can, you can stand there all day trying. And what we wanted was we wanted something that had that ginger kick, mm-hmm. right? could taste the ginger it wasn't but it wasn't too overpowering to where it'd scare you back from taking the next sip we wanted to just leave a little linger on your tongue so every time you drank it it'd linger and you wanted a little more you wanted mm-hmm. a little more but it wasn't overpowering a lot of the ginger teas we saw out there couldn't really have it didn't taste the spiciness mm-hmm. you know so we wanted to make sure ours had that spiciness and so we'll play in the lab and maybe we'll add 45 percent ginger it's not spicy enough Kick it up to 55%. That's yeah. not spicy enough. Kick it up to 65%. All right, that's a little too spicy. Bring it back down to 60. 
Then you find your range in between there and you yeah. find out that that's the place, how much ginger you need for that recipe. And that's how you, how you kind of how you make it. So it's uh, it's like cooking, right? Think about if you're making a salad, <laughs> you know, your base is going to be the lettuce. That's going to give you a certain flavor. You add some carrots, you're going to add some cucumbers, you mix it all up and you get your salad. Mm-hmm. Tea is pretty similar, but you're a little more, obviously we're doing it commercially. So you have to be a little more, uh, you know, dialed in on the ratios. But once you blend it all together, it, it creates this beautiful blend of tea and ingredients that does good for the body and tastes good. Amazing. Uh, I love it. And you guys gave me the, I'll do a, a little humble brag. You gave me the opportunity to, to experiment in my own in over the summer and, uh, and check out some, some of your blends in there and check out some of the herbs and it's fun. I mean, having like the science background that I have, it like unleashed my inner nerd, but using also my passions. I was like, Ooh, this is exactly what I love. So it sounds like a terrible job to have to be in there. <laughs> uh, no, I love it. And that's so cool. Like, I mean, you, you can taste it that you guys take the time to, to really dive into it. Um, and yeah, then the, in the flavor or the ingredients are so, so unique. And so you talked about uh, you, you, yeah, you mentioned earlier that you get a lot of your ingredients from Germany. How did that, like, how's that? Why Germany? Uh, well, like, that's not a place that at least for tea drinkers you, you think about. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's something that we didn't really know either until we got into the industry. And, and so, you know, we started out by buying teas, you know, from companies in the United States. And once we started hitting a certain volume, um, we realized that there were companies that had greater capabilities and, and pretty much all of those companies are based in Hamburg, Germany. So it's, it's a Northern city in Germany and it's one of the, they have one of the largest ports in the world. And what a lot of people don't know is that 80% of the world's specialty teas, fruits, herbs, and spices pass through that port at some point. Mm. And so, you know, about, I would say within a 10 mile radius of that port, I would I would say that there's a lot of tea coming from there. I, I don't know how much, uh, but but yeah. these tea producers not only have the ability to source these ingredients from all over the world, they have relationships with farmers from all over the world that they've had for hundreds of years. So it's like, you know, you can't just go out there and buy pineapples. Like there's certain areas of the world where pineapples come from. And then you have to find somebody that's reputable that can create them naturally, you know, that can, that, that the whole process is clean, that the labor is, is fair. I mean, all of those things. And, and these companies do a great job of that. And so what we're fortunate enough to do is we take our knowledge of the tea industry in the U S and then combine it with their tea knowledge or ingredient knowledge of ingredients from all over the world. And then we bring that together. And that's what we do in Germany. And when we're in the lab making these teas, we're really trying to combine the knowledge of two different societies uh, because the same tea that people like in Germany is not the same tea that people like in the United States. It's actually very different. Uh, There's certain ingredients that are very popular in Europe that aren't popular here. And and so I'm going to stop you there. What can you give us some examples? Yeah, so no, I've, I've never been to Germany, and I've, it's a goal of mine to go, and I want to be a little, uh, little knowledgeable. 
So I'm going to, I'll pick out one of the ingredients in, in, uh, the lemon, ginger, turmeric, uh, the, which we, we put very little in, in that tea, um, to, to keep the flavor profile minimal, but licorice root is very popular in Europe. Yeah. Uh, Patrick and I aren't, aren't the most fond of that ingredient. Um, yep. and it can be polarizing to people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people think when they bite in or they, you know, drink licorice, they're like, oh, I'm biting into a, you know, Twizzler, like a black Twizzlers <laughs> or something. Yes. And um, some people like it, but a lot of people don't. And so, you know, at, at first they would throw it in, you know, we'd be experimenting and being like every blend and be like, guys, like, <laughs> cool. licorice root yeah. a bit. like it's, and it's good to have a little bit in certain teas and it has functional benefit, but we try not to make it overpowering so that somebody that maybe isn't as fond of it, they can still enjoy the tea and like, oh, there's something, you know, something good there, but, you know, nothing crazy. And and we're always trying to do that. I, I'm sure there's a million other ingredients. Um, yeah, they love stevia. Yeah, they like stevia out there. Really? We don't, okay. we don't use in any of our teas. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan personally. Yeah. I mean, either. And, the, and there's, there's uh flavor companies now they're, you know, popping up and they will put Stevia on the flavor and it, it adds, I mean, it adds a good sweetness, but the problem is, is if, you know, you have a consumer that just that you're polarizing with Stevia by putting Stevia in there, then it's not the right ingredient to put. So we don't mess with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think with like, I mean, if, again, if you're diving into the, the, tea enthusiast um sugar is like a big no-no i think for for those who love tea because it it takes away from the flavor profile of the of the tea leaf or the the herbs in my opinion but for those of you who are looking for a a sweet little kick i mean again i'll use my mom for a third example she always needs to add a little bit of sugar into into her tea and like i'm like hey as long as you're drinking tea I'm not going to complain. Like it's a, it's a win in my book. I'll take it. So that's, it, uh, that's cool. a good herb for sweetening. Vince is yeah. uh, we use it in a decent amount of our blends. Is blackberry leaf, sweet blackberry. Yeah, leaf. I've heard so I've heard of that. Leaf adds. It's you can't be can't be you can't use too much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's almost like a line, and once you cross that line, it tastes too sweet. But yeah, just a little blackberry leaf to to some certain blends, and you'll get that natural sweetness from the blackberry leaf and it yeah. tastes pretty good. And it obviously it's not sugar. It's, it's a leaf from the blackberry tree. Yeah. Uh, so that's, a, that's definitely an, an ingredient for, for the listeners out there that are looking to sweet their tea uh, without sugar or even mm-hmm. honey. Blackberry leaf is a great uh, alternative. Yeah. And I find that so fascinating about like just herbs in general. It's in my opinion, you can get kind of every flavor profile from an herb of some sort and so it's for me i try to do it that way instead of going towards like a sugar for tea for instance i'll, I'll try and use like a like a blackberry leaf or something like that have you guys ever experienced or experimented with um like an ashwagandha or anything like that i've been just on a big kick of ashwagandha lately so i gotta ask not yet not, not yet we we get asked that question a fair amount. Uh, it's it's becoming kind of a popular herb in the in just the herbal holistic realm, and so I've personally I've been using it daily, and I really really have been enjoying um, just how I've been feeling with it. And so I think it's uh, I've heard though that 
for from an industrial standpoint, there's actually some um, challenges with that um, in, in regards to it being a if you use like powder, for instance, um, it being a hazard in like warehouses and stuff like that. Maybe something I don't maybe I'm spewing bullshit. I don't know. But that's what I've heard. Yeah, we haven't really dabbled much with ashwagandha. Okay. Uh, it's I've it, tell me a little bit about it. You know, I, I've really never tried it myself. Uh, we yeah, try to, the, we we don't we don't like to jump on. I, I don't want to say like we like tried and true proven ingredients. True, yes. you know, ingredients. Yep. We're using ingredients that consumers have been studying for 20, 30, hundreds, 200 years. Yeah. Ashwagandha, I don't really know much about it, yeah. uh, but it, it is fairly new, isn't it? I mean, in in the sense that it's becoming more of, it's like how turmeric was a couple of years ago where people were like, it would be turmeric all of a sudden blew up. And, but now turmeric is kind of a staple and people like do understand the health benefits behind it. I think it's going to be the same thing where in like 10 years, ashwagandha is going to kind of be more of a staple. Um, and so just a little bit of like the flavor profile behind it. It's, it's very, very bitter. It is, uh, it's almost a little overpowering if you overdo it. Um, and it's, it can be rough if you, if you overdo it. Um, but the effects that it has, like, like I said, it's, it's one of those where you don't really add it for the flavor. You add it more for how it makes you feel. So for me, I've been using it for the past couple of weeks every day and it has allowed me to just have a lot more energy. The, the saying with that goes along with it is that it, it boosts, it gives you the vitality of a, of a stallion. So you have this this umph to you for and especially for like men it's a, it's kind of more focused on on a, on a man rather than uh, the feminine so i'd say it's something it's interesting and like i and that's just me because saying this because i've been liking it recently but i'm curious for you guys do you have herbs or spices that you incorporate into your daily routines that you don't have yet or for certain reasons in a tiesta tea blend not me. No. Uh, I primarily, I'm a big consumer of our product. Cool. I consume a lot of our product uh, that, that's on our menu. And frankly speaking, we want to create a menu that encompasses what consumers need, not just flavor, but function. And mm. so we, I believe we've got a menu that does encompass all of that. If you want a immunity tea that doesn't taste bitter or spicy, go with the Maui mango, right? Yeah. If you want a more traditional green tea, go with the jasmine. Uh, if you're feeling something more fruity, go with the fruity pebbles. So I'm, I'm, I, all the herbs and, and things that I consume are definitely ours. I've dabbled though. Of course you have to, you know, in our yeah. position, you know, we're always trying butterfly pea, uh, oh, yeah. things of that sort. And butterfly pea is a great ingredient. It's just one of the things that we want to do is make sure our products are affordable. Yeah. Like yeah. really, really expensive. So you mm -hmm. add it to any blend and the price just skyrockets immediately. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's really cool. Now it's honestly elderberry, ginger, turmeric, curcumin, galangal, and pepper. Those are the yeah. ones, especially elderberry. Elderberry has been super important. Uh, I try to incorporate at least a cup of elderberry tea into my diet every day. 
and we we're not just straight elderberry tea because that doesn't taste very it's, good. Yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> Uh, but we have several different teas that have elderberry. We've got a green tea called Pineapple Blues that has elderberry. We've got a, a fireberry herbal tea with hibiscus and elderberry. We've got a blueberry tea with elderberry. Uh, so there's several different teas that I try to go gravitate towards to grab my elderberry. Mm-hmm. On the ginger side, right, I can go with ginger sweet peach, lemon ginger turmeric. Uh, I can go with uh, chocolate ginger turmeric so we've got both the sweet and the spicy um so there's there's really there's there's a place to go for all the herbs you need hibiscus our fireberry is great for hibiscus lots of good hibiscus yeah that the fireberry is that the mulled wine one that you guys have that's fireside spice the fireside spice i i really like that one we actually added it over i think in the new year bringing in the new year we my brother and I had a had a few people over um, to my parents' place, and we made some mulled wine for everybody. And we added that was our spice base was your guys's um, fireside. That's what so, I like here. That means yeah. we job. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, super. Everyone everyone was all on board, so it was delicious. Um, and and then elderberry too. I that's another one I think is has been gaining a lot of uh, a lot of love recently. Just because, like you said, about the immunity and elderberry has such a high flavonoid count, which dive into what flavonoids are. I mean, just you, basically you need them for having a strong immune system. And that compared to a lot of other berries or a lot of other herbs, uh, elderberry just does a great job at that. So that's a, ah, it's really cool. That's, that's really yeah, cool. We actually just got a, you know, I can announce it here on the pod. Oh yeah, we're um, in a blueberry elderberry tea with Kroger in a believe it or not a ready to drink format. And so what's oh, okay. interesting about our ready to drink tea is we don't we don't cut any corners. We yeah. still use the same exact loose leaf tea that you buy and give to your mother. The same exact. The only difference is instead of steeping it in a brewmaster, we steep it in these sixteen hundred gallon tanks. And then put it in glass bottles. But Kroger actually came to us. They're doing something called an innovation summit where they're looking for products that are better for you. Mm-hmm. We showed them our blueberry wild child tea. And they asked us if we could put that in a bottle. And so we did. It's going to be launching. When's it launching, Dan? March? Yep. March is going to be launching. We're, they're also going. It's interesting, Vince. They also asked us to um, do the lavender chamomile. Okay. Two, two of the two of our products that we you know we've talked about today and, and, and you know we talked about loose leaf tea right Vince yeah and the bottles that we're creating are using the exact same loose leaf tea no no cutting corners we're not using TBC cut none of that and so rest assured when Kroger came to us they're looking for products like the ones we're talking about but that can can be consumed on the go yeah like a ready to drink. So uh, really cool to see big corporations like Kroger understanding the value of teas like lavender chamomile and elderberries and blueberries, which is really cool to see. Yeah, that's amazing. And you guys said that's coming out in uh, in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't announced it yet. So this is a this is, a this is the first. Yeah, this is the first. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> the the twenty followers I have on on the podcast so far. <laughs> They'll be the first twenty to. To be in line, that's so, to hear. Uh, uh, it's awesome. I so p- 
Patrick, we were kind of talking about this a little earlier off offline, but this is something interesting that, that you mentioned that I, I want to, I'm curious about you, you told me. And so Chicago in, in Illinois, uh, cannabis is legal to, for recreational, just like a few other States in the United States. Um, it sounds like what you were mentioning is that people are now incorporating tea and other herbs into their smoking habits for cannabis is that so what's what's up with that i honestly it's the first i heard about it was a few days ago and people are literally putting chamomile in joints and smoking it and and they're saying that the chamomile is helping with relaxation so is it for is it for the relaxation or is it for the i wonder what the taste is like like do you i wonder if you taste it in the smoke like the chamomile flavor I would imagine you do. Yeah, yeah. right? Like I would say without question. Yeah, you can't hide that. I mean, you can't no, hide it's, that flavor. It's a delicious. That's uh, a delicious flavor. It's one of, I love I love camel. One, one of them has raspberry leaf, sage and lion's tail. You know? Lion, so, lion's of, tail. I've never yeah. heard of it. not lion's mane. No, it's lion's tail. Uh, I got to look into that. Peppermint and jasmine flower. Like that sounds pretty interesting. That sounds delicious. <laughs> and it's, so this, what I would call this is another great way to get consumers into the cannabis category. You know, you tell somebody you're smoking a regular joint, that might not sound that, that cool, but you say, hey, I'm smoking a, a joint with mint and jasmine flower. <laughs> yeah. You, you're, you're getting a totally different audience. Well, so yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, you know, that could be a really cool thing down the road. And if you think about it, what's marijuana? It's an herb. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Now, have you? I, I've never experimented. Granted, I don't. Yeah, but have you ever experimented with a cannabis tea? We have dabbled. Yeah, uh, we have dabbled. It's too much. There's. We've got a lot of stuff going on that's good with our business right now, and yeah into the cannabis market is first off there's a cap uh in terms of where you're at right now just because of some states are legal some states aren't um it would be a totally different business because once you're getting into the cannabis world the compliance and all that you you'd need so much resources to play in that space so i can tell you is while our brand does not currently have Mm -hmm. any cannabis products um, there are some companies out there that we supply to that create cannabis. That's, that's so yeah, that's I'm under contract. I'm not, a, I'm not legally allowed to say so. Yeah. Um, that was our way of getting into the cannabis industry without putting our brand and our, our, you know, we, who knows what's going to happen with that industry? Who knows? Yeah. We believe yeah. it's going to grow. We believe it's a great industry too. Both of us, Dan, both Dan and I. Uh, yeah. But we started a tea company and we're, we're focused on just loose leaf tea and herbs, um, the ones that you can buy legally. And <laughs> we'll make sure that those that need that are playing with THC and, and um, hemp, we supply to them so they can make some cool teas with it. Yeah, really cool. I mean, it's I think it's such um, I personally am also in support of of seeing what's kind of the the reform that's going on with the cannabis and people's views of uh of cannabis whether it's in hemp or uh, thc and 
so it's cool that you guys kind of kind of have like a little hand in it. I I, I can kind of understand you not wanting to dive in headfirst into that. Just uh, just yeah, I'm sure legally it's not probably the the easiest thing to do. But you need your own lawyer just for like anything you do on the cannabis side, right? I bet every day. So yeah. So outside of um. Outside of what you guys have launching in, in March, is there anything that you guys have uh, in the works that you can let us in on uh, a little a little preview? Yeah, for sure. So one thing that we've gotten a lot of requests for, um, which is a little bit different than than the rest of our brand, is a single origin tea line. Um, so we're going to selectively pick about five to seven different teas, um, you know, just based on customer demand and taste profile and, and also like a bit of affordability. Cause you can really, tea can get expensive at, at certain, uh, yes. in, in certain areas. And so, um, we're coming out with that it should be out in about, I think by summer. Um, you know, so hopefully you get it out there right before tea season. Um, we plan on doing a milk oolong and Darjeeling first flush, um, a silver needle, white tea, some of those teas that just, um, that people really want. And, um, and the great thing about those teas and, and, you know, something that some people might do, some people might not, is you can mix other teas in with them. So, you know, whether you want something plain or you don't, um, you can mix different herbs, uh, you can mix different spices. We're actually also coming out, um, and have already launched just briefly an ingredient line so that people can blend some of their own teas. So we now sell hibiscus, um, in bulk, you know, by the pound, uh, so that people can experiment a little bit on their own. Yeah. Super, super awesome. Cause I'm, I'm in that realm of, I like to blend, I kind of know what I like now. So I like to blend the stuff that I like to blend. And I, so I'll buy bulk herbs of and teas of what I like and I'll, and I'll do that. So that's, that's really cool. And the single origin stuff, I mean, again, that's getting now into, into the, the depths of tea. And so I think it's there, there is like a, there are levels again to that. And I think the ones that you mentioned, like the Darjeeling first flush and the uh, white needle, those are, those are nice starting to get even deeper. That's like that next level. Gra- you talk about that graduating. It's you're graduating now to those, to those levels of, okay, you have these blends and maybe a blend does have a silver needle, but you didn't know it. You just knew white tea all right, this is a white tea. Now you can just taste it. Taste strictly what the white tea is. Dive deep into that. And so I think that's, yeah, that's such a cool, I don't know, again, progression. It's it's about the growth of of the company. I got got another question for you, Vince. I'm grilling you here. Yeah, let's hear it. A a milk oolong? A milk oolong? Yeah. I've never had that. All right, dude. (laughs) plans this is i was you know i've tried hundreds and thousands of different teas yeah this is the tea that just blew my mind it legit you can brew it like five times and i love that usually the third or fourth brew are better than the first and second yes the the fifth is kind of when it dies down but this tea it actually tastes like milk like i'm not even joking It, it tastes like and it's got this nice clear like almost like a lime green color to it yeah it is an incredible tea the minute we get it 
I'll send you a sample. I would love uh, that. Give it a shot. And yeah, I think this, you know, I'm one of my, the fact that you're into all this and you haven't tried a, a, a milk oolong, <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. I uh, know it makes me sound like I'm not a true tea expert. I'm just a poser you're, out here. You're more on the herbal side. You, you're more into like ingredients and I, herbs. I do. I definitely yes. When it comes to to tea, I love diving deep into um, herbs and what they the benefits of herbs. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like single origin stuff, I'm trying to now get into that because I realize there's so much there too, and mm. so. Yeah, I would love to experience that. That sounds like such a such a cool tea. And something that you mentioned about that, which I'm glad you did, was the fact that you not only can reuse it five times, but it gets better. Like, so I don't know. Like, I, I kind of want to talk about that because another reason I love loose leaf and, I, and the, a reason or something that I see a lot of people doing is they will just put the tea in. And then they'll use it once and then they'll discard it. And it like, if I don't get at least like two pots out of a tea, it's like, I feel like I'm wasting it. And so I think that's so important that like for just for like for most, and I'm going to say most because one that does come to mind, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. If you use hibiscus, that's like one that you really can't reuse too many times. Like all the flavor just just dissipates on the first steep it's it's amazing but i'm glad you did bring that up because that's a uh that's something that i feel like people should know is like hey reuse your tea bag at least at least one more time or your or your loose leaf tea at least one more time i recommend like three or four yeah or try it and usually like you said the for the most part the flavor is a little more dilute but there are some teas out there the way like the milk oolong it could be even better the second time And it goes into those depths of flavors that you were talking about, like where it's like, actually I've heard, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this with uh, the washing of tea. So like you, you pour the hot water over, leave it in for just a few seconds and it's supposed to awaken the tea leaves. And Mm -hmm. so to start that unfurling process. And then from there you do the, you do a normal steep. You guys ever experienced That's what they do in Japan and China. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They won't, they'll they they won't even touch the first brew. They'll they just wait for the second and the third and the fourth because they know that the flavor is going to be better. And it's just yeah. a lot. It's a lot sweeter. Yes. You know, like one suggestion I always like to give. You know, a common uh, criticism of green tea is that it's bitter. Well, one of the reasons why it's bitter is because you have to get that unfurling to, yep. to kind of kickstart. And in that first brew, you don't get the unfurling, the full unfurling. But the second and third brew, the leaves really unfurl almost completely. And yeah. so the tea actually tastes a lot sweeter, uh, which which is important, you know. And, and that's it takes out the bitterness. It takes out, you know, whatever else might be, you know, sitting on a leaf. You know, it's a natural product. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it does kind of clean it a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's super important for people to to know and understand. So, have you guys been to Japan and China? Then we have. We're very fortunate. We have gotten a chance to see both countries um, and both countries in in the world of tea, and it's it's incredible. And they're they both think of tea a little bit differently, um, but it, you know, to each their own. They're they're both huge tea producers. 
And, and I mean, just the beauty of these tea farms is just incredible. I'm sure. I'm sure. Do you guys have, I guess, is there, cause Japanese tea versus Chinese tea, they pretty much, they have distinct differences. Do you guys, do you see yourself gravitating towards one or the other? I would say for our blends, we definitely prefer using Chinese green teas. And the okay. reason why is because the Japanese green teas are a little more vegetal. They have a little more deeper green tea taste. So it makes the blends kind of takes the balance off of the blends. Yeah. Uh, however, with matcha, of course, you're going to want to use Japanese yeah. green teas. I think the coolest thing about what, what I saw in Japan uh, compared to China was there is literally matcha the vending machines, bottled matcha, green tea Whoa. on every corner. Like you go to the train station and there's a, a vending machine with matcha or just plain green tea, right? And good quality stuff, or is this like? Oh yeah, I bet. Like I mean, it's and it was like the way we consume soda, and we have it at every corner. They've got green tea and matcha, yeah. and the Japanese have the longest life expectancy of any country in the world, and that's probably why. <laughs> right, I I know the there's um. Maybe I'll send. I'll have to send you guys this this research paper. It's called the uh, the Asian paradox, and it goes into depth about how these in Asian culture with a lot of men they smoke a whole bunch, and they do. They did a study where they studied how like many cigarettes someone a man in Asia smoked a day versus like how many and compared it to someone in the United States who smoked like the similar amounts. And they tied it to the fact that the Asian man would also be drinking green tea. Basically, with every single cigarette, he'd basically be drinking like a cup of green tea. Just like that was like his literally his whole day routine. And then the the lung cancer rate was just minimal to to none in in like China and Japan, like where you're smoking cigarettes, like you should be getting lung cancer, and for how much you're smoking, but you're not. And so they. They've tied it to that green tea oh. and I'm doing a bad job at explaining what this, this research paper does. But if you Google search, I can send you guys um, for listeners, Google search uh, the Asian paradox and dive deep into this. It's a fascinating topic. Like it just green tea. If you're going to incorporate a tea for health, I mean, I say green tea all the way. It's, it's, it's uh, I, I always say this cause people know them. I, I don't endorse him by any means, but the famous Dr. Oz, uh, yeah. got the Dr. Oz diet. And so in that diet, it's pretty restrictive um, and very popular. He only allows two beverages, water and green tea. That's it. Those Amazing. Two. Yeah. And when we were in Japan, get you'll never believe this, but I'll tell it to your listeners. Um, I've also never disclosed this publicly, but I will. <laughs> We were in Japan, and there's a gentleman um, by the name of King, King James. He was playing in the NBA Finals, and we actually sent him uh, matcha while he was in the finals. He's a, he's a consumer of the product. Uh, his chef's a, a, a great, great ambassador and a huge, huge fan, um, yeah. the chef Dina. And when we were in Japan, I said, hey, listen, I got some of the highest quality matcha in the world. And so we overnighted it to LeBron's house for the finals. Um, you know, to make sure the king had what he needed to, to yeah. pop through. That's incredible. 
That's that's a cool little uh, little story. LeBron and and not just LeBron, but we've worked with Kevin Durant. We've worked obviously Zach Ertz is one of our investors. Yes, Julie yeah. Ertz is a national is on the women's national soccer team, and all these guys they they use these herbs and spices to help them. They yeah. truly do, right? Like they uh, they they rely on herbs and spices for their diet and their regime to make themselves better athletes. And it's pretty cool to know that our product can help some of those athletes to be better at what they do. I mean, you look at LeBron James, the guys, I mean, can you imagine if Jordan had the diet stuff that LeBron has today? Right. How And some of those other athletes who broke their bodies down in the 90s and the early 2000s, whereas you got someone like LeBron, you know, the guy's drinking, he drinks, he drinks the good stuff for his body. Man, he's out there 36 years old, just doing some incredible stuff in the basketball world. And I mean, you're starting to see a lot of other athletes follow suit where they're getting into better for you, herbs, fruits, beverages to help Mm -hmm. them play better and live better. Yeah. So it's, it's becoming more and more mainstream. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And actually I, I have the honor of, um, I got a guy coming on the podcast. Um, he plays for the uh, for the Giants, and he's uh, he's a big advocate. I mean, he's a daily tea drinker. And shout out to Montre Hardage. Um, give him a give him a look out. But he'll be on he'll be on in like a month or so, and so I'm excited. But yeah, like exactly like you said, these guys they're all they see the benefits. I mean, it's something you look at that history in Japan, like you were talking about, they have such great life expectancy. Well, just look at what their diets are and like what they're incorporating. I mean, green tea again is such a huge part of that. There's something clearly there in my opinion. And so that's kind of, that was kind of my start to my tea journey was a little bit was, I looked for a little caffeine boost. I didn't, I didn't want like a major one. And so, and also the health benefits. So green tea kind of fit what I was looking for. I got, I didn't like the taste at first. I was able to uh, mask it with a little sugar and honey. And then eventually I worked my way out of it. And now, and now here I am having a tea podcast. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you're not the only one, Vince. And that's why we started our brand that like, yeah. really wanted to start our brand. To, it's not, you know, most of the listeners here probably understand tea a good amount. But yeah. for those that are trying to bring new friends or family into tea, our brands are a great way to do that. If you don't like the taste of green tea, my challenge to you would be try our, our Fruity Pebbles tea. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. It doesn't taste like green tea because what we've done is we've added strawberries, pineapples, and uh, rose petal to mm. give you a little more than just green tea. Now, if you like just the green tea, try our gunpowder, our Chinese jasmine. Those are great. Yeah. But if you're great, looking yeah. to get someone in your in your life onto the tea game, live their life a little healthier. Um, Fruity Pebbles is the one. I'll convert anyone who says they don't like green tea by trying to have them try that tea. Yeah, I love it. I love it, and I completely agree. You guys have a, an amazing brand for that. There is, uh, like, a, I know we're kind of coming towards the end of time here, but I do want to touch base. You guys call yourself the Tea Bros. Am I not mistaken? <laughs> Our first name, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, right. 
So yeah, okay. Just I mean, we're on the Team Eagles podcast. I probably should have opened with this, but maybe it'll maybe I'll have to throw it into the intro. But I mean, I the Team Eagles podcast. There's, the no, there's no two people in the world that are bigger T brothers than Dan and I. I mean, yeah. we went to preschool together. We went to middle school together. Elementary, uh, middle school, elementary. Played soccer and baseball. Uh, we were the starting pitchers on our baseball team, and. We started this business fresh out of college, and our first name was going to be T Bros and Co. Um, but we wanted to make it a little more appealing to to more people and not as broy. And so <laughs> the Tiesta. But he and I do a fantasy league together. Yeah, uh, and our our team names the T Bros and Co. Um, our, <laughs> still got to keep it alive. Yeah, yeah I mean we, we we're proud of it. We're proud of what we did. You know, we're proud to bring loose leaf tea to grocery stores. I mean, hopefully the, your listeners here, if if you want to go try our products today, go to go to your grocery store. There's a good chance you'll be able to get it. And yeah. when we first started the business ten years ago, you couldn't find loose leaf tea in the grocery stores. You can go to Publix and get lavender chamomile. You can go to get Jewel and get matcha. You know, and yeah. that's something I'm very proud to say that that Dan and I were uh, one of the first people in this country to bring loose leaf tea to grocery stores, and mm-hmm. and that that's you know, tea bros are proud of that. Yeah, as you guys should be, as you should be. That's so uh, that's such a cool cool little feat to have, and I think like we've we've touched on it, the importance of of loose leaf, and I think where the industry is going and where people's mindsets are going sustainably, it's it makes more sense. I personally, I actually, after I brew a cup of, um, of loose leaf tea, I actually keep the herbs and I dry them out and now, and right now I don't know what I'm doing with them, but I have like a Mason jar that I'm just keep filling up all, literally all my used tea and herbs are just, so they you, just go you, in there. Me a favor. I'm not yeah. even thinking in this. You might want to cut this out because this is super top secret shit. Can you try and ferment them? Okay. Yeah. For what for? To see what comes out of fermenting herbs. Okay, I'm I'm dead serious. Yeah, yeah like yeah. this is how you create this is how you create plant based shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not joking. Um, My wife's getting in. Yeah, if you can ferment those, leave them for three to four weeks and put them in separate jars and see what ingredients do what. You might be able to unlock something pretty special. Hmm. It's a so yeah because like right now like I said I have this I have them. Um, all mixed together. So I would have to start sep- I would have to do this with new stuff and separate them out. If you wanted to like specific herbs, it could be really, but really interesting. A, that could be a cool little experiment. See, see what have you, sorry, have you tried this yourself? No, literally just hit me like a day or two ago. I was thinking like, interesting, you know, how could you make more with tea? And yeah. I've never thought well, about what have you fermented, like either a tea, because you know that kombucha, you just ferment. I was going to say, yeah, the, and the, it brings the this big old scoby thing. But yeah. if, if you actually did the moist, wet leaves as opposed to just the liquid. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because I was like, it, my mind goes to kombucha, and then also my mind goes to puer tea. Have you? I mean, you guys have a lot any experience with puer? Yeah, we've tried it. So it's, it's, it's all right. It's just, it's tough to get into puer. You know, I've had so many different experiences with it just because sometimes it's a cake. Sometimes it's a little cake. Uh, sometimes I brew it wrong and it doesn't even dissolve the right way. So mm. puer is like, you're talking, 
PhDs. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we took a little jump, but yeah, who drink the puer? But it's definitely it's definitely a great tea. And if you go to Europe or uh, Japan and China, it's all over. I I personally love puer. It's it's one of those I, I prefer a, a puer versus um, a black tea. And for for those, I guess take a step back for those listening who are not familiar with puer. It's a fermented black tea, so they go through the process. Uh, the basically hits a black tea, but then you ferment it a- as a cake for up to like. I mean, I've seen it up to like forty years on some. Um, I don't know, maybe even longer. So it's it does have a distinct flavor. There's one that I have um, that my girlfriend got me. It's a sticky rice puer. It tastes like sticky rice, and it is beyond good it's it's so i've only found it in um this store in des moines iowa um that's where she's from she took me there and i load up whenever i get there because it is so good but it comes in like the tuocha those little um yeah the little cakes that you just pop one in and brew it and so many cups you get so many pots out of out of that one but i love it well cool um i guess like I said, we're kind of running towards the, the end of time. Before we go, is there anything that you guys want to want to shout out? I mean, first of all, I guess plug yourselves. TS2T, where do we find you? Uh, yeah, well, let, let me first by start, I, I will plug our team. Uh, we've got one of the reasons why we're, out, we're a great company is we've got a great team as well. Uh, we've yeah. got about 25 employees. Many of them have been with us for the, since the beginning. Um, and so every, and, and we, we pride on, so one of the things we pride ourselves on is being real people, right? We give back to the community. Uh, my team packs all the orders. And so shout out, shout out to the TST folks out there for helping us get to where we are today. Um, you can find us at TST.com, Amazon, um, depending on your location, most grocery stores, um, and yeah, I ho- hope you guys get a chance to try our teas and enjoy them. We, me and Dan take a lot of pl- pride in actually blending them ourselves and creating the flavors. And uh, we, we pour our, ho- our, heart, our heart and soul into this. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, and, and if, for me, you know, first off, thank you very much for having us, Vince. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on any podcast, especially one that, that talks about tea in, in such depth. Um, I, you know, there's one, there's one type of tea that we didn't talk a whole lot about today, but yep. one I wanted to mention, um, that's just gained so much popularity and it's matcha. Um, I, I, th- I think matcha will, it has the ability to become a very large part of kind of the U S consumers diet. And, and the funny thing about matcha is people don't know. Um, that they're consuming matcha, but if you get a green tea latte from Starbucks, it's got matcha in it. Now it's got a lot of sugar, of course, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some steamed milk and all that, but um, you can make your own matcha at home. Um, you know, some some people make it with water, uh, others make it with milk, other people add sugar, <clears throat> other people steam the milk. Um, but the beauty of matcha is one, the antioxidants are super, super high. Yes. They say it's about one cup of matcha green tea is equivalent to about 10 cups of other green teas. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really just a, a great superfood. But the other thing it does is it gives you a really, really strong 
not only caffeinated boost, but also an alertness yes. uh, that you just can't get anywhere else. And, and, and I think it will become more and more popular. It, it, a couple of years ago, really uh, started getting into the mainstream. And I think as, as consumers realize the power of it, it will become more and more popular. And it, even in the grocery stores where we sell, um, our matcha has become like one of our top selling flavors almost within six months. Wow. Uh, which is pretty incredible. And it's, it, it's something that anyone can enjoy. Um, and it just depends on what you want to mix it with. So, so yeah, a shout out to matcha, um, shout out to our matcha. We, we think it's great. All, yeah. all of ours comes from Japan. You can get matcha from anywhere, but the Japanese really care for it. And, um, definitely check out a couple videos on our website or our YouTube page. If you're interested in learning more about the process, it's, it's a lot of fun to create and it's a, it's a process that takes a lot of care. So um, definitely if you haven't tried it, something to look, look forward to in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Matcha. I mean, that's, that's a tea that honestly I could probably spend another hour talking just about matcha because I love matcha and, but you, you hit it right on the head. I mean, you, it's such a delicious tea and actually talking about that, the Japanese um, matcha. Yeah. Make sure you get your, your matcha from japan um i've heard some sketchy things about other sources and some like basically them dyeing it or them mixing it with not real matcha and just go to japan it's it's gonna be a little expensive but trust me the tea tastes amazing you get a you get a true ceremonial grade matcha it's so sweet and so smooth um i mean i've written on like you're talking about that um that's alert focus i mean i've written about like uh, what's called l-theanine and that just the the amino acid l-theanine oh does some incredible things when you dive into the science behind it and that's that gives you that alert focus because you got the caffeine plus l-theanine which gives you a little bit more of a calm sense and then those two combined gives you that that alert focus but like i said i can dive into matcha more but I don't want to, but check it out. So thank you guys so much for taking this time today. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, Please take the time. Check out TSTT.com. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Um, Check them out on Instagram, Facebook. I'm sure you guys got all the social media. And Dan and Patrick, T-Bros, thank you so much. I really look forward to... uh, to, I don't know, talking with you guys earlier. And Patrick, I'm going to hold you to the um, milk oolong. You got it. You got it. I'm going to get, I want to get a sample of that. And and we'll offer up a discount code for your followers. Um, It'll be, if we don't already have one, do we already have? We do actually. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. It's fresh steeps 20. It was 20% off for your uh, first order purchase. So yeah, it's. Take advantage of that, that, that discount. Yeah, seriously, 20%. That's amazing. So I will 100% be putting all this in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for Thank you, Vince. hanging out with me and uh, have a great day. Thank you to the Tiesta T, T-Bros, Dan and Patrick, and thank you to everybody who's tuned in today. Remember to check out TiestaT.com in the show notes below. And check out freshsteeps.com for more of the Tea Migos podcast, as well as check out the blog and see and learn more about tea. So today, to end the show, we're going to do the Urban Dictionary Tea Word of the Day. 
And today's tea word is tea house. Tea house is an Asian gentleman's club, a pseudo Japo bada bing. <laughs> Not sure what that means. Yo, let's go to the tea house on Wednesday. Another definition tea house. When a girl sells her body for profit, especially to guys who have money and owns a tea house, hmm, the sorority girl tea house. The sorority girl tea house her way into getting sponsorship money. Amazing. Didn't know that tea houses were the uh, the epitome of picking up women, but now you know. And number three, tea house, a massage parlor in which Asian women massage your egg roll and eat the egg drop soup. Me massage you long time at tea house. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Tea Migos podcast and have a fantastic day.